Hey everybody, welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from, podcast from the creators of Read and Weep. This is our Seattle Rewatch Club finale part one of two. This is the yeah, second yeah. to last episode of season 10 of Top Chef. I'm Alex, um, hanging out here in Los Angeles with my chum, Megan. Hey there, we're sticking with that word, huh? Uh-huh. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> remember when I read the definition? It was like kind of sweet? Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, I not enough that. to probably make it stick. Yeah. Oh. Not enough to be charmed by being called chum, apparently. I thought yeah, I re- a definition isn't always enough. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, look, if it's good enough for dogs, it should be good enough for us. Also joining me in Northern California, it's Ezra and Sarah and the Nightmare Before Christmas again. This is Halloween. This is still Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and from Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris and Tanya. Hey, hi. Happy Uli Bully holidays. Let <laughs> me oh, ask you a quick that, question there, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> when you started saying that sentence, was that how you expected to finish it? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Best not to go in with expectations. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us, running out the panel, also in Los Angeles, it's new Sarah and Kyle. Hey, guys. It's time. Ah, oh, Yes! <laughs> wow, my heart rate just increased. I also love Mariah Carey's Twitter post. Oh, yes. What? I don't... It's time. What it's time. Every year. You guys, you guys got to get on this every year. Every November 1st. Tan France puts his tree up every Halloween, we learned. Ten years running. That. Whoa. Listen, he's truly himself. Doing his Utah thing. We yeah. should all be so oh, I mean, I do respect that. Everyone has the right to put up their decorations whenever they wish. But I do wait for permission from Mimi every year to play Mm. all I want for Christmas. (laughs) I I do think once you like get your get some use out of it. Also, right now, if Mm -hmm. you're all stuck at home, just like change your home. That's a good reason to have decorations up. Yeah, change it up. Really? Um, our, our favorite outdoor decorations near us is this, these like seven foot spiders in this person's yard that are eating dolls. There's like baby, it looks like they're eating babies. And then every year around this time, apparently they just add Santa hats and then Whoa. keep them up through Christmas. So terrifying spiders eating babies with a Christmas vibe. Hmm. Uh, that's fun. I saw like something on Twitter about like a house that was so gory. It keeps getting the call. Yeah. Cops called, the cops called on it. Yeah. I, that like, might be a little much for me. Yeah, I I just love the fact that like the last guy is like bloody and has like a big cooler, so he like fell off the roof with a cooler and it landed on his head. <laughs> it's like three or four mannequin bodies laying on his like front like walkway with blood everywhere. And, uh, and you know what? He puts those up uh, on Easter. That's how dedicated oh. he is. Ten years running. Yeah. Um, well, we are not in coolered indeed. We're not in full Halloween mode anymore because we are um, uh, six months have passed since the last episode of. Yeah, I was going to say exactly. Uh, some number of months has passed. We've all got different haircuts, and some of us have different restaurant experience. Um, yeah. Before we bought additional beanies. It, <laughs> before we go into our new beanies, um, uh, let's take a. Uh, it's the time for a brief reality style uh, home visit. So if. If the Magical Elves film crew was with you, where would you take them? And what would your home visit look like? Right oh. now? <laughs> uh, let's say last year this time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. In, in normal times, we'll say. Like when you're allowed to have a picnic on the beach. Mm. Oh. oh my god, we're so boring. Um, I guess maybe we'd go for a hike in Elysian Park. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> 
I mean, I think the uh, the L.A. one, you can go to restaurants, right? You could just go on dates and stuff because they're all here already. You can just hang out with Roy Choi. There's a lot of good options. Yeah, uh, I could take him to the comic book store. Oh, fun. Uh, just like checking out the my 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 friends at the comic book Your store. Your favorite corner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this Wait, is... who work there or who are inside of comic books? That work there. Okay, would, both uh, not answers. the people inside the books. Yeah, the I'd really like if you just like ran your hands along like a little part of a shelf and you're like, here are my friends. Hello, old friend. One of the things I read on uh, some, one of the recaps I was going back through mentioned that the, um, uh, the Project Runway ones are more fun because you actually got to bring somebody to your home these were just like there's no tim gunn these are just camera crews wandering around it would i really like tim gunn having dinner with your parents that's like a fun thing from that show. sure although i mean like do we need any uh, like anything more hanging out with sheldon and his family on the beach in in maui was beautiful so perfect wonderful it really was getting brooke and her husband just kicking it with roy Choi and the other guy whose name i forget yeah i forgot Uh, too yeah i'm sorry not roy Choi. i'm guessing no. Yeah. It was not, Roy Choi. Uh, not it was also Roy Choi. It was, in, Roy it was actually also Roy Choi. his inverse that follows him around is Roy Choi and anti-Roy Choi. <laughs> oh, man. What if they touch? <laughs> they, they, you, you would not hear about it because we'd all be dead. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't feel like this home visit question went super far. So let's jump into the challenge. So for finale part one of the Seattle season. Just like well, there's, uh, here's one thing about Okay. Uh, there's one thing about the home that I thought was cool is like I it got me thinking of like the food uh, content that I was watching and like it, this was 2012 right or 2011 no, yeah. 2012 yep. yep like this is when <laughs> the Munchies YouTube channel was really big and it had that same aesthetic of all the like videos of chefs going out at one to four a.m. after working a shift at the restaurant uh, I never saw it, it that sounds great. It was, it was like that very grainy digital video, but it was just about like chefs being like very like acting like they're very natural and having a good time. Yeah, the uh, lighting situation in that hangout was not ideal. But well, it was, it was we're cool. not changing the the lighting to disturb the guests. Yeah, at yeah. The restaurant, so I guess you got some noisy, grainy video. Yeah, I uh, liked it. It was cozy. It was so cozy. I also liked watching Sheldon at work. So that would be another fun thing if Tim Gunn was coming to do a home visit with you and they just got to watch you like go into your cubicle and like typey typey type. If I, I wanted pick. more coverage of where that spatula that fell on the floor went. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was so you, Did it seem like it went too close to the food again? It seemed like it went back to like food helping area. It and did I didn't seem like that. Like that. <laughs> I did notice that as well. All right, let me give you the recap for people at home. Uh, some weeks or months have passed since the um, last Alaska episode, which means it's time for the two remaining chefs to get the home visits. One group of poor, unfortunate magical elves had to fly to Hawaii and have a barbecue with Sheldon and his daughters. Yeah. Yeah, I feel so bad for those guys. Um, actually, I do I wonder... I if you're being serious as a vegetarian or sarcastic as someone who wants to be in Hawaii. Sarcastic as someone who'd like to be in Hawaii um, and who would like to hang out with Sheldon and his family because they are adorable. Um, I liked when Sheldon's wife was like, I had to tell him to stop swearing so much. Um, that was really cute. Um, the, uh, I guess the camera crew that drew the short straws got to drive five minutes from their studio over to Brooke's restaurant, uh, where we see her printing out spreadsheets, making salad with pig ears, and then going on a romantic date with just her employee slash husband and Roy Choi and anti Roy Choi. <laughs> 
the inverse of Roy Choi who follows him around and destroys the universe if they touch. This is canon. If you didn't watch the episode, this is what actually happened. Yeah, Roy Choi, hat, goatee. Anti-Roy Choi, no hat, no goatee. Checks out. <laughs> Sarah is really dying over this one. Yes. <laughs> this really I, yeah, feel, just, I, I feel like I don't get jokes. Sarah to laugh I this much. <laughs> uh, I think really, yeah. I think this is this really fits in all of her physics uh, <laughs> astronomy. Yes, so. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a what a delight for all of us. Okay, so um, then to nobody's surprise, uh, Kristen <laughs> joins. They even had to use a clip of. Uh, of Brooke saying wow from an unrelated time to make it seem like they were surprised that Kristen came back. Um, Well, because they must have actually seen a lot of Lost Chance Kitchen, right? Yeah, they they... talked like they, one of them said like she was really crushing it or she like, yeah, it sounded like they had seen some of Last Chance Kitchen. Oh, I interpreted Carla that. With the option, though, right? She was like, they were no. like well, they said they'd be Carla. surprised if Carla came. Yeah, there was there was some slight meanness there with Sheldon because it's like, who do you think is there? And it's like, well, I'd be pretty surprised if we well, saw Josh. It would be know? surprising because he'd already been eliminated. Well, I mean, no, from uh, from the. It seems like because they wait, no, they didn't see Josh get eliminated. No, they didn't no. see. They haven't seen any Last Chance Kitchen. No, I think they had to have seen some of it because Save a Chef had to. The Last Chance Kitchen had to be airing for Save a Chef to happen. So the last episode of, that we saw of Last Chance Kitchen oh. had to have been as after the whole thing had aired that far. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so they don't know the result of Save a Chef, and they don't know the result. But they do know the that last. Carla has been eliminated from contention. Presumably, yes, definitively. Yeah. Well, no, not she could have been saved, or unless she was. I don't, saved, I, I don't know how Save a Chef worked, but anyway, I do believe they must have seen some of it from the way they were talking and from the way Save a Chef worked. But um, they were still not surprised that Kristen came back. Is we all we always knew? Um, it was either Kristen or um, oh, I forgot his name. Bart. Bart. Damn it! The joke's better if I remembered Bart's name. Anyway. Um, so she joins them, the pack, at Tom's fanciest restaurant, Craft Beverly Hills, um, where they will be cooking a three-course menu while Tom yells at them to work faster. They're um, cooking for the usual gang, plus uh, Martin Yan and a spooky ghost. Who is that other man with the haircut? Ooh. That was so weird. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> he's, he's back. He's back in this one. It feels like, yeah, that John Besh has been brought back into the Top Chef family, but this is before he was edited out um, and turned into a spooky ghost in the Denver season. I I want him to be replaced in all, like, I bring the past and, and, and present and future with John Tesh, because I think that's close enough. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Composer and TV host, John <laughs> Would you like, you mean like like a hologram of John Tesh? Just pre- like, how would we add? I don't add- care how you get me a Don, John Tesh. Just get me a John Tesh. <laughs> I think I got to look at John Tesh in the mouth. Any <laughs> <laughs> John Tesh in a storm. You know, I'm going to do something weird and build on this. I'd like it to be an animation of John Tesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like the greatest honor Ezra's received is you deciding to, to play his game instead of shutting him up. Screaming <laughs> down his face. Oh, Tanya, animated John Tesh and so Mary lovely. Hart. Can I build on this? On, on top of Tanya, like not only is he animated, but he's not actually like interacting with the dinner. Mm. It's just an animation of him playing the NBA theme. Yes, like, <laughs> he's like standing up next to the keyboard, like with like big flourishes. What's so, that like, called? Round ball rock or something? Round ball rock. Like every time he comes up to John Beth, it's a cartoon of John Tesh. Like, like 
vibrantly playing the keyboard while is like his what he's saying about the meal. It was like mine was under seasoned, and then we just cut to John Tesh. <laughs> And then they would, I would assume then the judge, like Tom would like interpret like, oh, I believe John Tesh is saying that you have to taste no, it as a whole. No, I don't, no. I, I don't think anybody pretends he's doing anything about no, food. No, nobody recognizes him. They just nod and say like, uh, like uh, sagely nod to his observations and then maybe build off of that as if they interpret it. They're <laughs> <I'm> all crying. <laughs> Man, uh, this is exactly <laughs> how I expected this conversation to go, too. It's not crazy. This, this is all in my recovery script. noises in the background. <laughs> the thing is, this is also like I feel like I should come clean that around this time with, with when John Pesch like had like the the, the like got canceled. That's around when I found out that he was different from John Tesh. <laughs> <laughs> this was the important splitting of John Pesch and John Tesh. <laughs> he is the anti-John Pesch. <laughs> yes, the anti-Besh. Yeah. That is, maybe they were the same person until that moment, and then he oh. like they had to split uh, off. The- kind of a, a beshatesh, if you will. <laughs> Doctor Tesh, Mister Besh. The, the all the good went into Tesh, and then he went off uh, to keep. We also have to rename the, the sauce into Teshamel as well, if I understand. Mm, yeah, I figured as much. Yeah, it's been canceled. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, so Brooke is stressed out and claims she's having a bad day, which manifests by her having the only successful three course meal all the way through. Featuring a sweet bread salad appetizer that is neither sweet nor bread, a braised nope. short rib that I suppose is both short and a rib, and uh, she is the only one who makes a dessert that seems like she's actually ever made or eaten a dessert before, a brown butter cake with whipped goat cheese um, that is guaranteed to please. It was so much complaining, and then she did good. She did well. None of it mattered. Right? She didn't feel good about any of it. No. And we also she had some some tough talking from Big Dad Tom. Yep. So, you know, I think I think I believe she had a stressful day. Oh yeah, not to yeah. Either, just, not to not to say that any of that was invalid, just that like after all of her stress about it, it turned out great. Like they had almost nothing criti- critical to say about the whole thing. So it Well, it yeah, played, it worked. I, I would say nobody got universal acclaim. You yeah, know, there were notes on everybody's They had a problem with her beat being just sort of on the side of the salad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Orphaned. And, and the veal textually could have been a little bit better per hue. Yeah. Um, right. Everybody liked the, the Parmesan sauce that she did with the short ribs. Mm. Everybody liked that. And most everybody liked her dessert, although Tom didn't think it was a very restauranty dessert. Which yeah. I like, I've been puzzling over that ever since we watched the episode. Like every once in a while, I just think like, what is a restaurant dessert? Yeah, she took a cake and then she used a circular mold to cut a round piece out of it. That seems restaurant-y. I, all of my cakes at not restaurants have been like triangle with one rounded side. Mm. This yeah, was all I, rounded. Yeah, I don't I don't know why I don't know what about the what about that dessert felt like it wasn't for restaurants and I, I may never find out. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, Kristen plays it super safe with duck roulette to what your palate, a seared tuna um, and for and bitterness and then for dessert she just asks you to tip your head back and she pours chocolate down your throat um <laughs> she was really upset at herself for having her chocolate in a bowl and i was like i don't know it seems like a fine place for chocolate it's it's pudding it's like kind of really fancy pudding is what i thought of it I as, like a fancy pud yeah i don't, I don't know what the texture was 
Oh, that's true. Maybe it was like weird. Yeah. <laughs> or just like, or just solidified the bottom of the bowl. Like, which is like, it was just like, you can't really get it out. Mm. It's, just, it's stuck in there. Good. Well, didn't Hugh say it was sort of like a badly realized pot de creme? Like, yeah. which to me just seems like, well, I don't know. How, and and how pot de creme is, is short for pudding de creme. So it is pretty oh. similar. I don't well, mind a pot de creme. No, no. That's fancy oh, ass pudding. Me, I, I, if I see a pot of creme on a restaurant dessert menu, that's what makes me say this doesn't seem like a restaurant dessert. Ooh. <laughs> You're like, as a chef, you just put some stuff in a little pot. Yeah, yeah. It's just like making a cream. Like, sh- I, I guess, like I'd rather have something that's a little bit more adventurous. Maybe has a brown butter cake, mm-hmm. uh, blackberry sauce, maybe some whipped goat cheese to add some texture. I and do like that idea. No, certainly. I, you know, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, it's true that with a pot de creme, a big part of the uh, dessert composition has been done by a ceramicist. So. <laughs> you know. Well, look, they're not well, pastry chefs. They're not ceramicists. You know, like bring in the expert. Yeah. Oh, here's a weird thing about Kristen's dessert. They kept being like curry and chocolate. I never, but they did because in the Pike Place Challenge, yes. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, their most famous chocolate bar is arguably their curry chocolate. It is one of their signatures, and it is delicious. And I'm like, yeah. this is a thing that you guys had, it was you know eight months ago. And I know you refrained from naming any actual products in that episode. <laughs> oh my goodness. But that was definitely one that they tasted because they showed them tasting it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I thought the I same thing. Hey, everybody. Remember that this season is in Seattle? No. <laughs> well, but also like, so I guess maybe to be fair though, like remember that riff we had in episode three of our show? No. No. Right? Like, right? Fair enough. <laughs> right i mean no this the- is not the same we're we have riffs about the seattle season that i think we should try to remember potentially there was something about swearing at one point yeah, i don't remember yeah. that much so bad. yeah i mean i but i was referencing chum from two weeks ago and that yeah that didn't work because megan didn't like it not because she didn't remember it happened no but then when i asked if you remembered why you said no or you said yes but you meant no is what i think you did no, that's, that's not what happened. That's true. Uh, it's you're just, a, it's just that happen. word is just a little. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds a little bit like fish. All right. Sheldon um, produces uh, his appetizer is prawns, which hit the spot. But he follows that with a sharp left turn into roasted quail, a territory that no chef could ever imagine being created by a Sheldon. And everybody agrees it's pretty good, but not what they want from a Sheldon. So they hate it. Uh, and then he closes with a white chocolate mousse, apple, and an unpleasant amount of of fresh fennel um, uh, dotted on top of it. He seemed like he was close to having a dessert. Yeah. Yeah. That was composed. Yeah. They and just, it and it looked pretty something. with the fennel. Actually, it was just apparently not pleasant. Well, some diners said it was genius, which was confusing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, it's a little hard to have like the, the regular people interspersed with the judges I table. I wouldn't call them regular people because Tom's diners are very discerning. That's yeah, fair. No, I don't buy that. I think what Tom was actually meaning is our diners are assholes yeah. because they live. Well, our diners are rich people, and they will tell us how they feel. Will, yeah, will definitely summon me to their table to tell me about what they didn't like about their dinner. <laughs> Look, guys, our diners are a lot. All right, so <laughs> they're the type of people who are so entitled that they feel a okay going to Tom Colicchio at his restaurant and talking shit to him. Yeah, mm. I mean that is probably Unlike what he meant. Regular, Although he also. He also made it sound like these diners were going to be totally unawares that Top Chef was happening, despite getting a menu no. that's like, this is Top Chef, and their camera crews with Top Chef 
hoodies wandering around everywhere. Um, it was a weird way to, for him to do it, but um, it did. I did like actually watching Tom in his element, though. He seemed um, truly authentic. Like I, yeah, I, he's he stressed. Was, he seemed stressed. <laughs> I really like that he did not like change how he expedited at his restaurant to be on camera like that was 100 how he would handle yeah i yeah. would assume a normal night of service back when he was running the restaurants um in person probably did involve a lot of eye rolling to camera well <laughs> um <laughs> but no i mean you know he's not a he's not a shouter he's just insistent yeah and it was really interesting it was uh, so no it was, it was great to, uh, i loved it I, i'm to see him do it because like craft is known for just like such good service and getting things on time and and yeah you know kind of being seamless and that's that's what tom expects and and demands well especially having seen like restaurant wars bad um uh running of that of the past having oh, watching yeah. someone do it just extremely confidently it's really fun well like him going back like straight to each one of their lines being like hey we need two more of these prawns Where, what's up yeah 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 sauce uh, for the prawns i need sauce for the prawns <laughs> Well, and the awareness that he was able to maintain of like what was happening at each stage of each dish's composition and yeah. like being like, here is the next step you should be doing. Oh and I God. see that you are not. And why is that? For like, something that they just invented an hour ago. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, it was very, very cool. And also his, I clunkily tried to tell Chris this during the episode and I'm going to do it again here now. <laughs> I felt like his use of first person was really effective. Like he, he wasn't like these dishes have to get out. He was like, I need these yeah, dishes. This is for which me. Like really got to me and I was not in the kitchen. So <laughs> I can only imagine how that felt if you were personally responsible yeah, for getting something on a plate. Don't want to disappoint him. I, I thought Papa Tom was never more relatable in this moment because I realized that Sarah and I are basically just like frustrated expediters every time we're trying to get out of the house. <laughs> oh. it's, like, it's like, okay, look. I need I need somebody putting brush, shoes on. Shoes. I need shoes happening. I know there's, okay, I want socks first. Get me two pairs of socks and then I want shoes right after that. I want four shoes all day. Yeah, so no, 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 we're not trying to organize candy right now, guys. Come on, just shoes. Just shoes. Just put the shoes on. <laughs> you should have done, you should have had your socks ready in prep. Why do you not know which socks match? <laughs> this, is a, this is a me's issue. You're in the weeds. <laughs> You're bad literally in the weeds. Day, Get Sean. out of the weeds. We're leaving. <laughs> um, just to wrap up on what happened, um, uh, Sheldon, generally, it seems like he did pretty okay on that one dish, but they're so mad at him for having staged at a fancy restaurant um and so his good quail um sends him packing and kristen and brooke take their food to the bad place the finale arena where we will get to not appreciate it nearly as much as we did in this episode and that is the first part of the finale you know what i was wondering if this sheldon thing was was a bit of a error in editing because they seem to focus on the fact that no one felt like it was his food quote unquote yeah but i wonder if this wasn't seasoned very well too or something yeah. or if they're not off with it because there was one comment that i think you made that he's like you usually give us a bunch of flavor and this wasn't that and yeah i think I that's a good point yeah because otherwise it's it's that thing that we've heard a lot of chefs talk about where they feel like they get boxed into like doing their food quote unquote yeah. particularly a non-white chef mm-hmm. and it just it seems like a kind of unfortunate repeat of that, even if it wasn't intentional from this whole like panel that was like, Where's your delicious Filipino cuisine? Yeah. And it just I know they're big on building an identity over the course of a season in Top Chef, but it just it seemed really unfortunate based on this edit. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I that's a really good point and and you know, I I definitely agree that in my viewing of it in twenty twenty 
you know, I was trying to see where they were talking about like building depth of flavor and not necessarily like referring to a particular cuisine. And it certainly felt from the criticism of the dishes that they just like, you know, the, the flavors of the ingredients didn't get heightened to the, you know, their best potential in his dishes, which is kind of like, yeah, you, you've been cooking this for a couple months, not a couple years. And there's a big difference, even the hand in the hands of a good chef. You did good, but this didn't sing like we were used to, you know, some of your other stuff. This is exactly, I just pulled up Tom's blog and this is exactly why I wanted to look at this before, but he, like his blog is called for this episode is called to thine own self be true. And he specifically doubles down on this was not Filipino food. Um, uh, yeah. That's not great. No, well, it, it is also, not. I'm reading over your shoulder. He's also talking, saying that it wasn't well seasoned and that it was a little bland. Um, yeah, I want. Um, yeah. I mean, that's. I guess that's the thing. Is like, I would love to hear some more concrete criticism since this is so neck and neck, you know. And it's like, from our perspective, it seems like he executed that dish pretty well. But clearly, something was off that they weren't showing. Yeah. Beyond just like this isn't your food thing that just it seemed so i don't know kind of bullshit yeah so the (laughs) first the first half of the blog is about how he didn't follow his signature style he didn't cook the unique food that got him where he was but then the second half is about how he seasoned the broth but he didn't season the prawns and so the prawns were bland and then the quail dish had very little flavor um and he didn't understand why it had to um he sous vide it and then cooked it and so like the plate was pretty, but it actually didn't taste like much. Yeah, so that so the answer is that they did feel that way, and that did affect the decision. Um, but also, he's the stuff that they said they're still mad about, and I think they might even be conflating the two, where they feel like his food when he was cooking um, Filipino food was just more exciting flavors, and when he tried to do this cuisine, he didn't know how to flavor it properly, I guess. But it is a, it is a mashup of both those. But we did not see them say that the prawns were unseasoned or the uh, quail was boring in the but same But we way. also didn't hear them say specifically, like, oh, I just wish this had been Filipino food. Like, there yeah. was... It's... it's. I agree that there's some... There's some absolute bias here, but I think it sounds... But to me, it also sounds like there were some pretty significant errors. For some reason, I'm just haunted by the idea of pine nut puree that reads more like hummus. Like, that just yeah. bums me out so much. Sounds great. <laughs> like, ugh, I mean, if I you just, called it hummus and I was dipping a carrot in it, maybe it would be fun, but yeah. Also, pine nut hummus would be the most expensive hummus. Uh, it's anyone, just not... Pine nuts are not something nuts? I want a whole smear of. I, I can I have no idea what pine nuts taste like. They are just too expensive. Uh, it's kind of oily for me. Like it's like 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 it's like you kind of it's like it's like uh, I want to say it's an oily nut slash hop basically. Just hmm. yeah, you got yeah. If, if that doesn't I don't know if you have a big reference for hops actually. No no idea. I I've, there was a baseball team called the Hops in Portland and I their mascot I got to meet a couple times. So Did I was you mostly, ever lick him? No, I didn't lick him. But I okay, was well, picturing him Dude. covered in oil. Is that what you meant? Close enough, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I just th- this is a frustration with the show from time to time, which is just like if it's bland, if if you have like act, if you have if you have um, mistakes that were in in the actual preparation of the food, you have to include that more clearly. In the like, we need to feel like it's justified. So um, Ren wrote into our uh, wrote into us on Facebook to say about Sheldon. Um, nothing against Kristen and Brooke, but it felt like Sheldon was robbed. They didn't have anything terrible to say about his dishes, except that was the fennel really that bad? 
I got so emotional watching Padma tell Sheldon to pack his knives, even though I knew it was coming. So that's just what, if you don't tell us there was it was under-seasoned and everyone else's food tastes better, that's what it feels like. It feels like someone got robbed, and that's not fun. Well, the, other, the other thing in this episode, like, I, I didn't get the sense that they really loved anybody's food, like, that much. No. Yeah. It seemed like, it, it just seemed like, the menu at a restaurant you'd go to where you're like, all right, this is fine. This is, this is definitely good food, but it didn't seem any of them made a dish for that challenge that blew people away. Yeah. yeah. Well, have you ever gone to a restaurant where they had 30 minutes to conceive of a dish? <laughs> only three well, cooks were making an entire restaurants full of meals. But, in, but we have seen better, this kind of challenge turn out better. And what hap- what what's frustrating is that this season, it feels like, they are frequently saying all the dishes were only okay. That was like a constant refrain throughout this season. So it does feel kind of like we're stumbling to the finish line here. As much as I love Brooke and Kristen, it just feels like just no one is is shining as taking, much as I want them they're to. They're not taking the win. It's a lot of people like cooking like middle, kind of middle of the road. But like it's food that's good enough to get them by and that they can ex- execute well. But it just hasn't been something that like seemed really delicious like seeing that seared ahi tuna uh, it, it all the entrees did not excite me as a viewer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i gotta say chestnut velute just really doesn't <laughs> inspire anything in me well that one diner wearing a blazer said she would lick the entire bowl and then actually that was one of my favorite ones of them is that then she was mortified at having felt that way and that was really funny her yeah, I, her I shame her was hilarious yeah yeah it was very relatable to me um, have you, Alex? Have you said you wanted to lick an entire of something and then be like, I should not have said this? I did say that to the hop, and the person inside that costume was freaked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, um, I feel confident that if I like, I, I feel like at this point, like I'm confident in my own grossness that I would tell a server that I was going to lick the bowl and they could wait for me and I'd be okay with it. <laughs> you you wait and watch me lick this bowl. Yeah, th- look, I paid for the whole thing. I didn't just pay for the part that came up easily with a fork. Yeah, if anything, it's like it's their problem that they didn't, um, uh, you know, have a better plating that would allow for this. There's actually a, a kid's like a bowl that I like a lot where it's like it's um it has a straw built in to the bowl. That goes to the bottom, basically, and so you really can get the last part, even if you can't reach it. By, um, I'm upset. By... That sounds <laughs> terrible. <laughs> For cereal, and so you can drink the cereal yeah. milk. Yeah, cereal milk bowl straw. Oh, I was picturing like straw consumption of tomato soup, and I was like, I or chestnut so much. I mean, it that happened that way. I guess there's nothing. There's nothing that would block you from doing it, but I think it is cereal milk. I think if you else. use that bowl to drink the John Teshute out of the bottom of your chestnut uh, dish, that would be problematic. There is no reason that it had to be Teshute. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do a reference to earlier, um, but then did you mean Teshamel? Yes, I was doing a joke about Teshamel, but I was adding it to Velote because both of those are French sauces. Ah, uh, okay. That, Maybe don't see, put your Benedict in a cereal bowl and we're good. <laughs> I eat. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just to, to weigh in on licking bowls, like, I can't please. speak specifically. Maybe Sarah can, but this know. seems so on brand for me that I would have licked a plate at a restaurant. Uh, uh, yeah. It seems like so commonplace for, like, my dining philosophy that I can't think of a specific occasion, but I'm not willing to say I haven't done it. 
I mean, I like the fancy version of it, which is just you take the bread and you kind of like, kind of like really get in there, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that's yeah. This is what bread is for. Yeah, bread. Bread is up. like your hand's tongue. I yeah. What? I'm okay with that. It's the tongue sure. of the hand. Everyone agree. Yeah. Everyone says that about bread. I know who said the meal. <laughs> I think I, I'm not, I'm just now realizing that I got a little bit like nervous, like con, like uh, what is the word I want for this? Like contact nerves from like the descriptions of the diners at craft and then seeing like that very severe woman who was like, I cannot decide between these dishes and I don't know what I'm going to order. So you don't, like, you don't want to run a I restaurant just, in Beverly Hills is what you're saying? The vi- Yeah. I think the vibes off of all the diners really stressed me out. And so the idea that you like, I could see getting very embarrassed about having admitted that I would have licked a bowl, even though I never made any moves to do so. <laughs> <laughs> just based on the way everyone else at the restaurant was acting. Um, I I want to say, we were just mentioning from Tom earlier, um, I really enjoyed this episode, though. So there was some stress about that, and I obviously am sad about Sheldon, and the food was maybe a little disappointing overall, but this felt like the actual finale to me, because next week's arena the show is so disappointing. And this was like, the challenge is open-ended, but it's hard. I love seeing them in a restaurant as opposed to a catering challenge. Uh, I loved seeing Tom run the kitchen. Also, everyone was just like, all. also, I love all three of the chefs, which is amazing to have. And all the chefs were like in a silly mode. Like they were goofing oh, around sure. and joking around very, so much more. Yeah, yeah, that was lovely to see like how playful they were with each other. And I also think uh, this is just my personal theory. Everyone's welcome to disagree. But I think we learned how to see Brooke when she's like playing nice and when she's actually having fun with people yeah. based on the difference between the way she reacted to everything Josh ever said and then the way yeah. she was with Shelton and Kristen. <laughs> yeah, when they were yes. dancing. Like that felt felt really different. And I was like, this is great. I see when your smile actually reaches your eyes. <laughs> the genuine, the genuine warmth between the three of them in this episode was so nice. Yeah, yeah, and the there was there was a dance, there was a song, and then they were just they even in the stressy cooking in the kitchen were like goofballs and just a delight. And like, what three lovely people? Yeah, yeah. truly. Um, I just wish they had had better. Uh, like design on their challenges for the end of this season to really bring it home because yeah. the, the chefs that they had this season, they were, it's truly a, a remarkable crop of them overall. Um, yeah. And I just, I feel like the show itself really let them down. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Megan had a really good time watching the recap of the season thus far, or was it of the last, chance, last kitchen? chance kitchen? I, yeah. um, I don't know if you guys found that as delightful, but Megan was laughing the whole time. Uh, just really enjoyed that fast forward. Yeah. Do you remember what it was about? Megan, that that do you, you want to tell us about why you found that so entertaining? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wouldn't like to share that with the group. <laughs> It had all the highlights. It had the burger pickle thing. Yeah, it just had some. There's a lot of like, as as we would say if we were watching on a it on a Kindle Fire, uh, memorable moments. <laughs> and I just thought they highlighted them really well, and it was just like a fast forward of like, remember all the great times we had. And, uh, and the well, scenes it sort of, that it kind of focused on the bad moments more. Like it showed like people winning, but there was a lot more kind of airspace given to how people messed up and yeah. lost. Yeah. And then like then they get it like 
sit in their failure and then be like, they did good though. They did good. I'll, I'll, I'll say though, it's not really a, like a clip show or highlight reel unless you're playing uh, Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You. And so I felt like it lost three points there. I think if they're alive still, you can't use that song. <laughs> I think you're required no matter what. Oh, okay. Anytime you're thinking, anytime I remember anything, Sarah McLaughlin is playing in my mind. So Do you think maybe that if you're for, graduating, you can maybe use that song? No, if you're graduating, you have to. Vitamin it's C. vitamin C. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know if you're yeah. to mix it up. <laughs> um, uh, do you guys think that after, since they did the home visit on this episode, that the next visit is the overnight dates? Oh, because they're under the parents? Mm. I, I think the next one, they just give each chef like the keys to a hotel room, but they don't have to use it, right? You truly, I know that you're making like a really good mapping joke here, but you cannot get me started on this season of The Bachelorette or we'll be here all day. <laughs> and, and technically in the Top Chef tradition, we're going to see them like, in theory, check into like a fancy hotel That's or true. something. That's and true. they're going to be like, wow. And like how many times they have to say like, I can't believe we're the final. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's what we are all geared up for. It's like people in bathrobes looking kind of happy, but also kind of stressed. I mean, we got that at the at the beginning of this episode with without the stress. And I that's why this is this is the people's finale. That's all I'm saying is I feel like tonight this was the end. And then next week is like a coda to the season that we don't even need to think that much about. It was really I sad like that we didn't get a home visit with Kristen, though. Yes. Another injustice for Kristen. Yeah. I would have yeah. been super interested in that. Um, I mean, technically, isn't ta- the entire season of Top Chef Charleston the people's finale? Uh, mm. Giving both Brooke and Sheldon a second oh, chance. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, so true. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, it's been a minute since I watched that, so I'm trying to remember how much of that felt like that for them. But yeah, I just th- yeah, I, that's true. I just want to see them do well again, and yeah, um, yeah. Any other thoughts about this? This is like without having Last Chance Kitchen or a quick fire. It feels like this is pretty pretty quickly over. Well, yeah. I mean, other than that, it's just nice to see Kristen back in the game. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she seemed hyper-focused, but then also, I think, I don't know, I I think I am just kind of stumbling over how, like, eh, everyone's food ended up feeling, Mm -hmm. and some of that, I guess, has to be in the judging, but some of it also is just, you know... They got Sheldon to admit it. He was saving his good stuff for the Oh, that was such a good moment. Oh yeah, Sheldon's dessert that we'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah, I mean, and what a like that's a what a game theory moment for him. Do I save this dessert in case I make the finale, or do I make it now and guarantee I get to the finale? So Damn. interesting. Actually, I do believe think of, if memory okay. serves that they don't actually serve their desserts in the finale, and that's one of the things that was frustrating about Ooh. it. So he definitely oh, should have used it now. I have just- I have almost no memory of the finale, and like at one point at the very end of the like next time on finale pre-show we see like haunted Paul from the <laughs> Texas season and Good I was Lord, like spooky ghost replaced by John there? Tesh like as is that like is Paul like time wise does that even make sense that I think I'm seeing Paul and Chris yeah. was like yes yes you are <laughs> I <was> like, oh, okay <laughs> like I just said everything is a soup I don't remember anything this is in correctly. that window between when you can see Paul and when you cannot see Paul so this is the only time you could see Paul so wait yeah. who do we replace Paul with is it, is it also John Hesh yeah they, okay. have, they, they paid for that cartoon they're not gonna <laughs> they already replaced him with Jake Paul and the <laughs> no <laughs> and then they had to replace Jake Paul with John Tesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 
This is just Top Chef slowly filling up with John Tesh's as we have to cancel more and more people. <laughs> the John Tesh's all the way down. For the Portland um, season, they just brought in 15 cartoon John Tesh's to judge everybody's food. No, I think it's like the, it's like the <laughs> ignore to, everyone's food and really kick out Round Ball Rock on repeat. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> I think all canceled people should be John Tesh. Like, put John Tesh in Manhattan. Like, we don't need Woody Allen. Yeah. Put John Tesh. In. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Just uh, everybody gets canceled. John Tesh is going to uh, finish Louis C.K.'s touring schedule. It's just Diane Keaton chasing live lobsters and John Tesh just rocking out. John Tesh is Kevin Spacey in Baby Driver. Yes. <laughs> um, so here's the weird thing about John Tesh also, aside from everything we've Yeah, finally, so the one thing. So my only knowledge of John Tesh growing up was that he was on Entertainment Tonight, and I wasn't allowed to watch it because as far as I can really understand, my parents totally deny this, he was a Nazi. What? Like, oh. This is my what? understanding. This is my only like. See, this I is what happens parents. when you replace every canceled person with one guy. Is you really put a lot of eggs in that basket? And if Tesh <laughs> turns out to be a Nazi, then what do we do? Yeah, you so, do not want to check the plates in his curio cabinet. Do not flip over those plates. So this is a weird thing because like I was like, guys, did you ever say I couldn't watch Entertainment Tonight because John Tesh was a Nazi? And they're like, no, what? No, of course not. And I've looked Googled John Tesh Nazi and I have not found anything on the internet or Bing, uh, 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 soft Bing. Uh, but like I, I, I really feel like this is a distinct memory. I don't know what I could have possibly thought. Like, how would you get there as like a five-year-old that you would somehow have this understanding? Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, you know, why aren't you allowed to watch yeah. this grown up on TV? They're probably really bad and evil. And then like, Nazi. what's a super bad and evil thing? And uh, bing, bang. But it's like, they, here's the thing. They watched Entertainment Tonight. And like, so like, I wasn't like, like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, probably <laughs> this is one of those Nazi mashup memories did. where somebody else in your life is a Nazi and you've forgotten. I that's that's so much worse. <laughs> so, I guess um, the important thing to remember is that John Tesh is all good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to put this out there. I think he's totally fine. He has floppy hair from the video I just saw. That's not a problem. Yeah, um, yeah. And and also, uh, I guess side note of people who are not evil that I remember from my childhood, Martin Yan. I really liked growing up watching. I love Martin Yan so much. Yeah. Oh man, you can with Martin Yan. Yeah, yeah, Yan can cook. And like, if you've ever seen Martin Yan breaking down a chicken in 18 seconds, it's super cool. He's very uh, yeah, oh, dude Martin is Yen. dude's quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fun. Um, I hope also not a yacht, Nazi. Well, uh, just, I, I, I just okay, that sounded you like not a Yahtzee. Just well, a whole other category of person. <laughs> the thing is, as if you keep going around accusing people baselessly, we're going to have to get rid of you and replace you with a cartoon John Tesh. Okay with that. That's a natural progression. <laughs> what do you want me to do, Maya? I don't understand. <laughs> Maya's gonna think John Tesh is a Nazi now because she's saying you say it. Yeah, so you, yeah, you've done it. It's, it's a rich family it tradition. It's gonna get passed down for generations. Oh no! <laughs> when my parents were podcasting in the fifties, this is what was confusing what they heard from their parents. John Tesh, the immortal, not a Nazi though. Oh man, poor guy, getting so many baseless accusations on this show. All right, let's. Let's bring this in for landing, but first we have the time to listen to the whole song. This is the MP3 patty we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I wonder where it's going to go from here. It was a callback from before uh, that we recorded. Um, So just one thing I want to read from the mailbag now, which is a letter we got from Jen with the subject Josh's baking. So once again, 
our intrepid fans will do the research that we should have done before we started the show. Jen says this, Hi, Pack Your Mics friends. One of my favorite pastimes when watching Top Chef is to research the chefs and see what they're up to these days. <laughs> While doing this for Josh earlier this rewatch, I found out that after Top Chef, he closed Divine Swine, Aww. the restaurant listed in his title card, and started working as a pastry chef for a restaurant in Dallas which might explain his chef's jacket this last episode, yep. though I completely yep. missed that shot. I also answered, it also answered your question of, uh, what won't he put bacon on? Because apparently he was quite well known for his candied bacon sticky buns, which the <laughs> article I read described as the coup de gras was the candied bacon sticky buns, which are still good enough to inspire a food empire. Brown sugar, butter, cream, bacon, apples, and pecans go into a hot pan and come out a thick, rich, robust syrup. I'm going to read this sex here. Robust syrup with hints of maple poured over a homemade brioche bun and served with a dollop of homemade whipped cream. I'll never forget the day it made La Baguette restaurateur Michael Boutillon curse and cast away his diet after one bite. That's from the Oklahoma. Okay, well, hold on a second, though. Yeah. If you already took a bite, you've kind of cast it away, right? That, that diet's already gone. No. This is one of the keys to dieting as, as somebody who's been doing it for the last 10 years. Um, the, one of the keys is if you make a small mistake, don't immediately give up and let it be a huge mistake. So you could mm. you take one bite of the sticky bun and you're like you know what that was a mistake, but if I eat ten sticky buns that will that will be a worse mistake. It's not like all or nothing today. So That's right. I stop Don't now. It it's better off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't start the cascade. Um, I'm going to start the cascade. I disagree. <laughs> cascade. Anytime I make any kind of mistake, I'm all in, all in on villain. Yeah. So whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Ezra had a stop sign today, and so he's murdering now. It's weird. <laughs> but he's like, I already did a crime. Got to do all the crimes now. Uh, Jen continues. Philosophically sound. Sorry, would you say that again? He's philosophically sound. Like it, yeah, it's through. that's he the makes key. The call? Yeah. yeah, all my slopes are very slippery. <laughs> I, I mean, if the slope is really slippery, then you're skiing. What a great time! <laughs> no, no, no. But then I have to, I have to snowboard, I have to toboggan, I have to do all those things. It's a, very, <laughs> it's a very slippery slope. All right, Jen it's continues. Uh, also, your rewatch of the season. Uh, and my girlfriend living with me during the pandemic has inspired me to start showing her Top Chef for the first time. And whew, some of those early seasons are bad, as in decisions and as in film quality. I don't remember TV in 20, 2006 looking this bad. Um, yeah, it did. It, it did, which is weird. Anyway, so while, while I would love for you all to keep doing something after this rewatch ends, as your pod is a bright spot in my quarantine and also reliable enough to keep me uh, keep help me keep track of the days... <laughs> <laughs> yes. One of the few services we're able to provide is that of a calendar that says asleep, it's Sunday. Right? <laughs> um, anyway, given all that, I still would suggest that you not watch earlier seasons. Thanks for everything, Love Jen. So, I did want to ask you guys: um, is if this season felt like we'd already gone far enough back? Because I definitely feel that. I think we need to change timelines and watch future seasons. <laughs> Well, I mean, Dude, the quality will be in 12K. We can't even imagine. Do any of the countries exist in the future? I guess, like, right? Is, is Canada in the future? Uh, is Spain in the future? Anything of that? Like, sure. Is Spain, Spain, wait, 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 no, 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 wait. Before you agree to Top that, Chris. Chef Mars. <laughs> just, Chris, you were so quick to agree. Does Spain exist in the future? And I just wanted to, I just don't understand the question exactly. What are we agreeing well, to? Okay, so, so you know how, like, uh, like you can kind of say, like, hey, like, like, whatever Europe is like whatever five years ahead of us in terms of whatever that you know ex like you know rights or whatever uh, and you can kind of say like oh yeah so it's in the future in that way wow. <laughs> in what? terms of no pastry? What? or like what do you 
Okay. Well, no, like, like, or, or like, okay, so uh, I guess when I went to, like, guess, like, Japan, like, 2008, I felt like they were several years ahead of us in technology. And, like, oh. Um, yeah, just, it's like that. Or, like, you can maybe say, like, you know, parts of, like, you know, the world are also maybe a couple years back in different ways. So you can go to the past as well. Yeah, so Canada is 60 years ahead of us in terms of health care for their citizens. Yeah, it sounds like we're just saying top chef other countries currently yeah. would be much better. Yeah, they're, could they're, be, they could yeah, have already advanced their top chef technology past this, basically. So. Yes. There was a top chef Canada that ran, I think, concurrent with the last season of Top Chef. Um that I have not watched yet, but that is kind of like the future. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, it was in April. And now I know who won. That's not how I should have Googled that. Oh, well. You have to bing But it. you don't know who that is. That must be. You'll I, I, I'll probably bing it. I should have binged. You're right. I should have soft binged it. Um, yeah. Uh, it do, I, I think that the point, though, is still well taken. Having watched this season, it feels like even having some a lot of positive memories about it, we've been a little bit Debbie Downer for most of it. Well, um, I, you know, if, if nothing else, and uh, perhaps this topic is, is better safe for the end of the season, but it's very clear that Top Chef has increased in quality it since has. 2010. It right? has. It's and we're, grown we're sort with of us. used to that standard, and we expect that standard, and it's a little bit disappointing to, to regress. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'll take it. I think it that's a good way to say it. it. Comparing it to the last season we just went, which it was an all-star season, seems to be one of the better ones, like, overall. Like, it just shows how... Like kind of like intelligent they've gotten at putting the season together where they're sort of letting the chefs drive what happens at the end of the season instead of trying to put more hurdles in front of them in the last like five to eight episodes. Yeah, I think that's, that's so true. truth to that. Yeah. That's like the true. simple thing of like cook a meal that is your journey this season from like the All-Stars. Wasn't that the last challenge? It was like – yeah cook a, a meal that like captures like your experience on this all-star season is way better than saying like cook in front of a stadium uh, filled with like celebrity chefs and people judging you and also better than like come up with a three course meal right now to cook in Tom's restaurant. Like those are not conducive to getting good food. Whereas like just taking these talented chefs and like, giving them a challenge that sets themselves up to not just succeed, but also like shine in a way that works for a TV show is better. And they've learned how to do that. Like I can't think of any like very clear failures from the last like four years or so of top chef. Yeah. Like I, I think that's exactly right. I think that makes the new seasons more fun to watch. It makes it hard to go back. Um, I think the only thing so far, and I, I agree with you, Chris. We'll, we'll save. We'll do the rest of this wrap up at the end of next week. But I do think that um, the one thing that they did better on season ten than ever again is they had Tom write a blog. This was the last season Tom blogged, and I loved his blogs, and I miss them. And so having him add some more detail about the decisions in post is really fun. But maybe they funneled Tom's energies into making the show better. Yeah, I, I understand case, that he, having Tom quit his blog was an incredible decision. It's that could be true. That's very true. Um, I maybe someone who's not as valuable to the team could write a blog that was just as helpful. I don't know. Uh, I just, maybe somebody should live inside Tom's mind and then write a blog from well, there. Well, just but get him an intern Tom. to hang out with him and then take some of his insight from that he just casually threw off and put it up on the anyway. I'm sure Tom's the blogs were dog should blog. Tom's dog's Wait. blog. So Obviously, Tanya, are we suggesting we should John Malkovich Tom? Honestly, like, sure. 
Okay, you know great. What? Why not? Yeah, well, Tanya's in a really agreeable uh, way <laughs> today. <laughs> Interesting. I, I'm a little worried, but yeah. We're yes, and today. Johnning a lot of people. John Teshing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of Johns. There's a lot of Johns on the pod today. <laughs> John Pod. Uh, my other other comment I want to throw out, Tazan, I think we actually know what the, the peak reality TV is, which is a reality TV competition filled with reality TV producers, right? To find I, out, like, what is the best reality TV thing. So your challenge is to create a challenge in only three hours for only three hours that will... <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm into this idea. I think it would be kind of difficult, but I like it. <laughs> I'm open there's to enough, it. There's enough shows. But yeah, wouldn't it be right? So we get like the Bachelor producers and we get the Top Chef producers and we all are like this. Yeah. Can whatever. you imagine Bachelor producers and also like Great British Bake Off producers on the same show? Because I feel like those are different no. types of people. I think it's it's a, a John Tesh anti or John Bash anti John Bash. No, who yes. was it? Oh, my God. It, it, Troy? it was I'm Troy. Sorry. No, no, it was good, good effort. No, I have to go. Goodbye. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And we all know the producers who would win are the producers of MTV's The Challenge. <laughs> oh. I, I, so Gosh, that show is criminally good, you guys. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's it's way too good. It's way too good. <laughs> Tanya, it looks like it hurt you to say it. It does. It does. I felt like I was growing a trucker hat while we watched it, but I couldn't stop. <laughs> I, I picture that if it was Bake Off and um, Bachelorette producers like on the same team, the Bake Off one would be like, so I'm thinking we take, or the, the Bachelorette producers would be like, I think we take the winner and then we put them over here and then the loser, we leave on an island in the Pacific and fly away. And then uh, the, the Bake Off people are like, oh, I was just going to suggest a high five. Oh my god! <laughs> they get a handshake. Alex, you are so innocent. If you think that that's the worst thing the Bachelor producers do, <laughs> it's true. Well, it's I true. assume those people died there, so for me, it's pretty dark. No, no, that's what the lava. That's what the floor is lava. People do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they go under the water, and then we never hear from them again. Remember how what? she had three daughters when she started? Oh man, um, yeah. I, if we're really quick, hopping to other shows, uh, the. What I saw of the Great British Bake Off uh, this past week was not super big fan. Oh, uh, I've heard uh, that's the sentiment. I've yes. heard some similar negative sentiment, but we have not watched we're, this season. We're at all, too so. behind, so who okay. knows? Well, then you know, get ready to, to not be as pleased. But maybe it won't. Maybe they'll. You know, you know, it's fine. Maybe you'll change. Uh, the time our affection has slowly been shifting to the Great Pottery Throwdown. <gasps> oh. Yes, it's wonderful. Isn't it so yeah. cool? Where is this available to watch? It's on. <laughs> it's on. It's on Hobo Max. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, um, thank you. I know what today is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Is, oh, oh, oh Star Wars Season 1. It's it's just a delight. Definitely report back because, yeah. <laughs> oh my, it's exquisite. Oh, I'm so glad you guys like it too. Oh, this is really fun. Uh, I didn't know this existed. Did, did we, we talk just, about like, this? say a show and exists now? Did we not talk about this before? Not that I heard. Not that I, heard. I don't think it was out when we last talked about other shows. Um, uh, yeah, so um, Anthony brought it up on Read and Weep a couple weeks ago, and we started watching it. And it is, it's, just, it's, I mean, it's very bake off, but with pottery. But there's so many things about pottery that are interesting and different. And, um, yes, like, uh, it also is so disruptive to their lives. It takes like 12 days for a challenge. <laughs> it's so intense like we're gonna leave these in an oven for nine days and then come back and find out if this pot is beautiful or it's a crumbled mess yeah but also just judges who cry the best part category of judge the paul hollywood character the paul hollywood character has the worst haircut i've ever seen and also pottery is beautiful so beautiful it makes him weep and that's better than a handshake it's so much better than the handshake it's the best part of that show is him crying and he he's like 
he's a little embarrassed, but he'll just be like, I don't even know why. It's just that the handle is so well crafted and you overcame so much. <laughs> he's just so moved by pottery. It's That's the best part of that show by far is him weeping. And then the worst part is his hair that goes forward so aggressively on a shelf. From are the there, back. Yeah. Are there any skills we don't have a reality show about now? Like Plenty. Would, but like actually like, candle making? Oh, I'm definitely gonna <laughs> oh, wow. The great candle making wax up. <laughs> Call it the big dip. I was gonna say. I think it might be called the dip. Well, I don't know because we don't we don't have anything focused on dip making either. Unless Hidden Valley has a web series I haven't seen. Don't send me that wait, web wait. series. Oh, uh, Tanya, it's now both. It's called and it's like it's 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 ranch. It's, it's Hidden Valley and it's candle making. It's called Double Dip. Oh. <laughs> no, I think that one, that one would be called At Both Ends. No. Oh. We have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, cue is already I full. I can't handle any more of it. All right. Um, we're going to go. Um, we will be back next week for the finale. Um, thank you all for writing in. You can continue to send us feedback, Facebook and Twitter, and of course, email mailbag at packyourmics.com. Chris, if you would please replace yourself with John Tesh and everybody else. Thanks for hanging out. Um, thanks for hanging out. Uh, Sarah and Kyle. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Uh, Chris and Tanya. Hey, yeah. Yes. Ezra and Sarah and anti-Sarah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, my good friend, non-fish-related Megan. Hi, buddy. Aww. Hey, buddy. Um, buddy is fun, apparently. Um, we really appreciate all of you listening. And we'll be back to finish up Season 10 next week. Everybody, Woo! survive this one. Good yep. luck. Vote. Jamma jamma ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>